At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is hour number two of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. We've got a great hour lined up for you. It is going to be wall-to-wall college basketball this hour. In the final hour, we're going to be going knee-deep into the NFL, taking a look at the NFC and AFC championship games. Any props I might like, I'm not as much of a prop player, but we'll be giving you guys my side in total on both games in the final hour. So have no fear there. We've got you covered there in the first hour. Want to take a look at both of these matchups that we've got for an NFL Sunday with Taylor Mathis of the Superbook. So big thanks to her for joining me in the first hour of the show. Now let's dive into what we've got in college basketball. And let's give you guys what I'm going to be giving out for DK Nation, DK Live. It is going to be a interesting day of college basketball because got a lot of games that they were supposed to go down on Saturday that they wound up getting shifted to Sunday because of the snowstorms that we wound up seeing in the northeast part of the country. And if you're listening out there in the northeast part of the country, for one, you, like me, are not one that requires a lot of sleep. So I do salute you there. And two, hopefully everything is all well and safe there because, as we know, it wound up dumping a lot of snow. But how about if we wind up going with a game that wound up being placed towards the bottom of the betting board, even though it's a little bit of an earlier game as a result of all this? 857, 858 is where we're going on this. You've got Marquette going on the road, facing off against Providence. Providence is finding themselves a very slight favorite in this game. You're going to be finding them in between a one and a half and a two point favorite, depending on where you look. We're seeing a little bit of a smattering of both, and your total on this game, you're going to be finding it as low as a 137, as high as a 138. And when it comes to this game, what I wound up giving up for DK Nation is the Providence spread. I am very willing to lay it here. I actually made them a five and a half point favorite. When it comes to Marquette versus Providence, these two teams have lost once ever since the 1st of January. Marquette wound up losing on New Year's Day to Creighton ever since then. Both of these teams have a combined one loss. That's what Providence wound up losing to Marquette. So aside from when these two teams wound up playing for each other, zero losses between the two of them. But in that loss, Providence wound up getting dump trucked in that game. It was 88 to 57. The big reason why is that Providence just couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Meanwhile, Marquette was going bombs away from three-point range. Marquette has been able to do a much better job in conference of being able to knock down their three-point shots. They're shooting 40.1% from three-point range, which has been utterly superb. But this is still a team that overall for the year, with regards to points scored on per-possession per basis, Marquette is 160th in the country. And this is a Providence team that they do a relatively solid job 
will be able to run teams off of the three-point line. And for Marquette, you've only got two guys that have been able to give you at least 7.8 points per game. They've been a little bit top-heavy. Justin Lewis has been able to do a great job with this team. And Daryl Marcel, not just with his offense, but this is one of the better on-ball defenders in all of college basketball. These guys have been rock solid. But when it comes to this Marquette team as well, they're losing the rebound battle in conference by nearly five rebounds per game. They're 275th in the country when it comes to rebound rate. I think that this is going to be a mad, bad matchup. Now, with A.J. Reeves, who has been right around a 10.5 point per game score for Providence, a guy that wound up missing that first matchup and has missed each of the last five games for Providence, I think that he's going to be out once again. He did wind up returning to practice in a little bit of a limited basis a few days ago. So if he does wind up going, you got to figure that it's going to be a little bit of a lighter approach got to figure that you're going to see Alan Breed wind up giving you a couple more minutes. And he's a guy that has been able to play relatively solidly recently. Not a guy that's necessarily going to light it up or anything like that, but serviceable on the defensive end. They will give you right around four points per game. So he's been able to do a good job. But what has really been big for this Providence backcourt has been what you've been able to get out of Jared Bynum. He wound up having nine points or fewer in six out of the first seven games they wound up playing in this season. Each out of the last eight, he's won off for at least nine points. Leads the team in assists with four. Turns the ball over sub two times per game. And then you got Al Durham, who's really been able to come through as well. Giving the team 13 and a half points per game, at least 12 points in each out of the last five games. So these guys have been able to do a good job. But you take a look at the duel of Nate Watson along with Noah Horschler. Both of these guys have been tremendous. They combined to be able to give you at least, they give you 14 rebounds per game. And then with Horschler, he shoots 42.7% from three-point range. Got a relatively solid free throw shooting team here with Providence as well. Among their top six scores, Five of them shoot at least 71% at the free throw line. Your lone outlier with this team is really Nate Watson. Justin Manaya has been able to give you some good minutes as well. A guy that down low has been able to give this team right around six rebounds per game. Providence, they do a good job of being able to slow down their games. This is a team that they rank right around 280th in the country when it comes to possessions per game. Marquette, they're looking to bump things up a little bit more. Ever since Shaka Smart has been able to get in there, they've been playing. I wouldn't call it the full-on Havoc defense because the Havoc defense at VCU I think it's going to be really, really hard to duplicate it when it's just at full form. But at the same time, I guess you could call it sort of the little brother of the Havoc defense. One that's starting to come of age. But with Marquette, they have been more around with regards to possessions per game. The 80-ish range themselves, they've been bumping it down a little bit ever since conference play. Actually, more like 40th to be exact. But the defense has been able to come along for the team. I do think that this being a relatively early tip time is going to have a little bit of an impact. I don't think the Marquette is certainly going to be going out for 88 points. Once again, I'm going to be taking a look at it under. I want up setting my total more around a 137 in the spot, but I do think the Providence is going to be able to get their revenge. We've seen it a lot the last few years in college basketball in general, especially with those back-to-backs that we wound up getting last year with those two teams that were playing in the same location on back-to-back days. When one team winds up winning game one, Typically, game two takes a little bit of a different path, and I do think the Providence going to be able to do a good job down low. Even when they wound up getting destroyed by Marquette the first time around, they were still able to play even up on the glass. It was just a case in which Marquette was burying a bunch of threes. Providence couldn't get anything to fall for them whatsoever. I think that we're going to see a little bit of the opposite in this spot. So we're going to be riding with Providence with the DK Nation play of the day on the spread right now, seeing them one and a half at DraftKings and your total on scheme. I set mine at a 137, so here at 138, I'm willing to dive under as well. When it comes to games that we were supposed to be getting on Saturday, but instead we're getting on Sunday, how about if we stick with that theme? We've got one of the best cover teams in all of college basketball that is going to be taking the floor in 859-860. You've got the Cornell Big Red hitting the road to face off against the Bears of Brown. So we've got the smart kids, and 
This is a nice early 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern time tip. As you've got Brown, what can Brown do for you? Well, if they wind up winning by more than five points, they're able to make you some money on the spread because that's how many points they are laying. And your tallest game is 147.5. Rarely when it comes to these games that they do wind up getting, I guess you call it a little bit more adjusted. I typically leave it relatively the same, but I did wind up shading down my total a little bit more. Originally, I was going to set my total at 146.5 because the game is so early at 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Eastern time. I did wind up dropping this by a full point. So I wound up setting this more around for myself, a 145.5. So I was already riding with the under, but I felt a little bit better about the under now that you've got a earlier tip time. But when it comes to Cornell, this team has just been an absolute cover machine. They are covering over 75% of their games. They are, as a matter of fact, with regards to cover rate, the third best cover team in all of college basketball right now. So the Big Red have really been able to come through in droves. And when it comes to Cornell, this is a team that, with regards to a lot of their non-covers, they wound up coming in late December, early January, when you wind up having your top overall scorer in Jordan Jones be out of the fold. He is now back, and this is a guy that's able to shoot 36% from three, leading the way with 13 points per game. Cornell is a team that they rank in the top 65 with regards to possessions per game, yet they only have one guy that averages more than nine and a half points per game. That'd be Mr. Jones. Now, you've got a guy in Keller Boothby who has been one of the best three-point shooters in all of college basketball. He takes nearly five threes per contest. He's shooting 52.6% from three-point range, so he has been able to do a nice job there now with Cornell. It certainly is a whole is greater than the sum of its parts approach. When it comes to rebounding, you don't have a single guy that gives you more than 4.8 rebounds per game. Meanwhile, Tamanink Cho on the other end for Brown. He is going to be the best rebounder in this game. He's able to give you right around eight bars per game. He's been able to chip in their 14 plus points per game. But when it comes to Brown, this is a team that they have been looking to pump up their tempo just a little bit. They were a team that at the beginning of the year, they were playing a little bit more low and slow and really it's been a little bit of a chameleon. If they play against a fast team, they're willing to play fast. If they're playing against a slow team, they're willing to slow things down to crawl a little bit more. But what I'm very concerned about with Brown is that with regards to three-point shooting defense, they're allowing opponents to shoot 34.5% from three. That ranks 249th in the country. This is also a team that they don't necessarily do the world's greatest job on the glass. They've been able to grab a couple offensive rebounds, so that has been helpful for this team. But they're only able to win the rebound battle by about a rebound and a half per contest. And you do have Paxson Wojcik along Kino Lilly Jr. These two guys combined to be able to give you 23.5 points per game. You've got Lilly being able to shoot 39% from three-point range. And I will say this for Brown, among their top four scores, three guys are shooting at least 78% at the free line. This is a team that has a collective. They do shoot right around 73% at the charity strike, but I do think that Cornell is going to be a laying in there because they do have a lot of versatile pieces, even someone like a Sarju Patel, who is coming in for BMI. He's been able to emerge a little bit more recently. He's been able to get the team nine points per contest. He's only been able to shoot 28% from three. I do think that he's going to be able to pull that up a little bit more now. When it comes to Cornell, because they do play so fast, they do wind up having a little bit of wonky defensive numbers, but I do think the Cornell is going to be able to do a relatively solid job down low. Despite not having that one primary rebounder, they've actually been able to do a good job of not allowing opponents to be able to get second chances. This is a Cornell team that I think should be able to stay within five in this game. I'm saying this line of four and a half, so we're going to be taking the big red on the spread here. When it comes to total, like I said, with it just being such an early tip time, wound up settling in at a total of 145 and a half. So we're going to be taking a look at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the points when it comes to Cornell. We are going to be going with another game 
that was supposed to be played on Saturday. Now it is going to be on Sunday. We're going to start it here and then pick it up on the other side. As you've got Pittsburgh, they're going to be going on the road. They're going to be facing off against Boston College. Boston College opened up a four-point favorite. Now you're seeing them anywhere between three and three and a half. Total is not really budged. Opened up at 125 and a half. Now you're finding it pretty much across the board at a 125 and a half. And I think that the wrong team is favored. Pittsburgh, despite them being on the road, I like them outright in the spot. And a big reason why is when you've been able to get out of Jamarius Burton. He's been able to get the team double figures in now 11 out of the last 12 games that he's been able to play in. And for Pittsburgh, reinforcements are on the way. I'll be telling you right now that Ethiel Horton, guy that shoots 37.5% from three-point range, I think is going to be a big part of Pittsburgh's plans moving forward. Now with Pittsburgh, I think that they've got a little bit of an edge in the front court as well with a player that I think is going to be able to take over this game. So we're going to be taking a look a little bit more at Pittsburgh versus BC on the other side and diving into the Sunday college basketball betting card in general right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. It is a fresh way to be able to enjoy nicotine without the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no more batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and they're available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so that way you can easily find the satisfaction level that is perfect for you. Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch, and it is available in 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning that it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to Zinn.com slash find to be able to locate a store that is nearest you. That is ZYN.com slash find. Warning, this is a product that contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Oops Peterson, and I will be either the bearer of very, very good or very, very bad news for some of you guys as it has just went final out there in the Big West from Hawaii. You've got a UC Santa Barbara bunch that wound up getting up 23 to 4, and I'm sure that many people out there wound up doing something else. Maybe you were checking the mail at 2 a.m. Maybe you were listening to myself. Perhaps you decide, oh, now is a good time to work on my baking skills. You came back and you're wondering, 
What in the world is this? Either for the positive or the negative. Hawaii has come back to win and cover all numbers by a count of 65 to 62 as UC Santa Barbara gets your buddy at the bar award as they failed to close this one. Absolutely insane what we wound up seeing in this one. And it's a case in which Hawaii was actually leading with about eight minutes left in the second half. This is not even one in which it wound up coming down to the final minute. Santa Barbara wound up getting off to a hot run and then they just fizzled. I mean, they just pretty much used up all their gas in the first 20 minutes of this game. And then from there, wound up getting completely bludgeoned. Just absolutely terrific right there if you wound up taking Hawaii. If you wound up taking UC Santa Barbara, I just apologize to you right there. That is absolutely terrible as UC Santa Barbara, 12 of 20 at the free throw line. If you're looking for a reason why they did not wind up covering, well, they blew it at the free throw line in this one as Hawaii is able to come back. They're able to get the win. They're able to get the cover. Total lines of staying under. So I had to alert you guys of that. On what we were talking about a little bit earlier before we wound up getting off on a Hawaii versus UC Santa Barbara tangent is the fact that you've got a couple games that were supposed to be going down for Saturday. Now they're going down for Sunday. And we've got one in the ACC between Boston College and Pittsburgh. And told you just before going to break, I think that Pittsburgh should be the rightful favorite. You've got Ethel Horton now back at the fold, a guy that's only played one game this season. Guy that last year averaged eight points per game, shooting about 37.5% from three-point range. But I think that they're going to be able to own things down low. Got a guy by the name of John Hughley, who's been doing a terrific job for this Pittsburgh team. He's been able to haul in there just over eight and a half rebounds per game. He's able to give you 15 and a half points per game. Now, it is someone that is not necessarily going to be a guy that's going to be like stretching the floor or anything like that. But you just take a look at him recently. At least seven boards in each of the team's last five games. He's been able to put up at least 15 points in four of those contests as well. Now, TJ Bickerstaff, to his credit, has been able to average right around eight rebounds per game for Boston College. But you got guys like a James Carnick who winds up coming in from the Patriot League. He used to play at Lehigh. He's now having to play big minutes for this team. Quentin Post as well. And when it comes to some of the forwards of Boston College, they're just guys that are not ACC caliber that they're having to trot out there. Earl Grant, I actually think, has been able to do a solid job in his first year at Boston College because I'm going to call it what it is. This program was a dump when he wound up taking it over. And you've got Makai Ashton Langford, who has been able to do a solid job along with Demir Langford. Both of these guys have been able to generate a little bit over a seal per game. Both of these guys combined to be able to give you about 23 points and five and a half assists per contest. So give them a lot of credit. And for Pittsburgh, it was a really bad start to the year. After they wound up losing that game to the Citadel, you figured, oh boy, here we go with them. But and they've been able to rattle off some wins recently. Now, they've had a little bit more success at home than they have at the on the road. They've been able to talk off teams like Louisville. They've been able to knock off Syracuse as well. But this is a team that already, to their credit, they've got a win over Boston College. I think that it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than the 69 to 67 slobber knocker that we wound up getting the first time around because in that game, John Hughley, who I just talked about, he had 32 points and 13 rebounds with 15 of those points coming from the free throw line. I don't think that the home court advantage at Boston College has, it's going to lend itself to John Hughley being able to get to the free throw line 20 times. But that said, I do think that Pittsburgh is going to be able to get the job done once again in this spot. You've got a Pittsburgh team that has been a little bit more buttoned up than they were the first time as well. They wound up having 16 turnovers in that game. You do have Femi Olakala, who does wind up getting a little bit loose with the ball, but, with the ball, but Boston College, they themselves have just not necessarily been a team that has impressed me with regards to the backcourt. You do have Jaden Zachary, who wound up starting out the year very, very solidly. He's a guy that going into, I would say, about 10 days ago, was shooting over 50% from three-point range, but 
You take a look at it. He's gotten a little bit more ice cold recently. He has given the team six points or fewer in each of the last five games. And I do feel like with them having a dip in offensive production is going to be a little bit tougher for this Boston College team. Now with the total, I think that is relatively in line. I'm going to be looking at an over in this spot because I do wind up saying it at a 126 because I do think that there is a good chance that this game is going to be close late. You wind up getting late game following. So I'm going to be taking a look at an over, but I think that the wrong team is favored. I think that Boston College is going to get swept by Pittsburgh in the season series. I'm going to be taking a look at Pittsburgh on the money line to go along with this total over. When it comes to Big Tang action, we've got another game that is going to be going down on Sunday that I think is going to be relatively intriguing. 835-836, you've got the Wisconsin Badgers playing us to the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Minnesota is finding themselves as an 11.5 to a 12-point underdog. Your tallest game, you're finding it at a 136.5 now. Wisconsin's actually been a top 15 team to the over in college basketball this season. They wound up playing an under in that game against Nebraska, but take a look at Wisconsin. Though they're in the bottom 75 with regards to possessions per game, they've actually been very efficient on offense. But really, outside of Johnny Davis, it hasn't necessarily been a team that's been able to do a whole lot of fly when it comes to the offensive side of things. You've got a team that, outside of Johnny Davis, shooting about 31% from three. Now, what I will say is that Brad Davidson has been a very good floor general for this team. He's been able to give the team 15 points. He does a good job of being able to chip in there a few assists. But for Minnesota, they do have a lot of their guys that have been dealing with ailments back. The one issue that you have with this team is whether or not you're going to have Eric Curry back down low. He has been able to give the team right around seven or eight bounds per game. I pretty much factored him out, but the guys that Minnesota's had to lean on for minutes without Curry have actually been able to do an admirably good job of being able to step up down low. So you do have a little bit of reassurance there. And when it comes to this Wisconsin Badgers team, you do have a team that does have their main Post presence back in Tyler Wall, a guy that wound up having 10 rebounds in his first game back against Nebraska. He's been able to give you a block per contest. I do like what he's able to bring to the table, but I do think that EJ Stevens along Peyton Wills are going to be able to keep this Minnesota team live. They are able to shoot a combined about 38% from three-point range. Wills chips in there four assists to 1.9 turnovers per game. And when it comes to just not turning the ball over in general, these are two of the better teams in college basketball. You got yourself a pair of teams that they turn the ball over fewer than 10 times per game. Wisconsin does a little bit of a better job of being able to generate turnovers, but really neither of these teams are going to be out there just trying to get like 10 steals in this game or anything like that. You got to expect things to be a little bit more slow and controlled as you got a Wisconsin team that they're second in the country with regards to turnovers on a per possession basis. Minnesota not far behind at eighth end with Minnesota. You may recall last year, there was a very demonstrative gap with how the team was playing at home versus on the road. This year, they've actually been significantly better on the road. They wound up just being able to pull off a cover in a few games recently, the game against Michigan State that they were able to take down to the wire. They were able to cover that game. They won outright at Ann Arbor when they wound up facing out against Michigan. So it's a team that you're able to trust in a little bit more. And when it comes to this Minnesota team, they're turning the ball over on 11.1% of their possessions when they are on the road. That's the best road turnover rate that you're going to find in college basketball. I think that that's going to be able to keep them alive. EJ Stevens has been able to do a nice job since coming back of being able to bury a couple threes for this team as well. And then you got Jamison Battle. So they will give you 18 and a half points right around six points per game, mid 33 point shooter. Overall, Minnesota shooting about 36% from three point range. One issue that you do have with Minnesota, they're not going to give you any second chances among 358 D1 teams. They are 357th with regards to the percentage of their misses that they wind up corralling an offensive rebound on. But 
With that said, I do think that this is going to be a relatively slow, relatively controlled game because you do end up having so many one and dones for both of these teams. Wisconsin, a little bit better on the offensive glass, but certainly not a juggernaut themselves. I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. I did wind up saying my total more around the 134, 134 and a half ish range. So we're going to be taking a look at the under. And when it comes to the spot, wind up saying Wisconsin is a 10 point favorite. So getting north of 10 here with Minnesota appeals to me. I'm going to be taking a look at the over, or I'm going to be taking a look at the under, I should say. And we're going to be taking a look at the points when it comes to Minnesota. We've also got an interesting game that's going to be going out there in the America. We seem to get one of these every single Sunday. We've got 829, 830. Cincinnati. Yes, we are on to Cincinnati in the words of the great Bill Olchek. He's going to be having Cincinnati hit the road face off against East Carolina. East Carolina find themselves a five-point underdog total on scheme between 137 and 137.5. And with East Carolina, this team has been cataclysmically bad with regards to their offense the last two games. You may recall that Memphis game, they shot sub-30% from the floor against Houston. They just wound up getting completely boat raced, but these two teams actually wound up playing a few weeks ago. East Carolina got down early. They were able to come back, and they were able to cover. And I do think that East Carolina is going to be able to cover once again in this spot. I do think that East Carolina is going to be able to give you a little bit of a better offensive effort. So I'm going to be talking a little bit more about that on the other side. And we're going to be diving into more games that we've got on a relatively solid college basketball Sunday. So we've got a lot of college basketball coming up this hour. And that is going to be all on the other side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Join the playoff action with, with Supercuts Fantasy Super Series. Play free fantasy football and basketball in this eight part contest series and compete for a cut of $45,000 in total cash prizes. Head over to DraftKings.com slash Supercuts now to get in on the action. It's not just any haircut. It's Supercuts. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. As it is a great Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. And got to give a shout out to everyone that is a part of all that we are doing here. Got my wonderful producer, Brian Ortega, along with Nick. He does a terrific job as our technical director. Mikhail always gets me set up on the audio. These are the guys that allow you to be able to see me and hear me, whether you're on radio, whether you're on TV, what have you. These guys do uh, absolutely tremendous work. They're the best in the business. I've got Brian waving to me right now. Appreciate all that you guys do. So a big thank you to all of them. And now because they're doing all the heavy lifting, they're getting their side of the bargain all taken care of. And they always do. I mean, 100%. These guys are money in the bank. Now I have to be money in the bank for you. And right now we're trying to find some money here on this college basketball betting board. Left off, taking a look at this East Carolina versus Cincinnati game. With regards to this line, I set my line at three. So here at five, I'm going to be taking a look at the points with East Carolina. East Carolina has been very much a feast or famine team. We've seen that in the last two games. Was mentioning it in their games against Memphis along with Houston. They just wound up getting bludgeoned in both of them, but... It's a team that, as a whole, they shoot about 35% for three-point range. You've got Tremont Robinson-White, who's been able to get the team double figures. Does a good job giving you four boards, four assists. He's a high 33-point shooter. But the guy that I think is going to be presenting some issues for Cincinnati is a guy that allowed East Carolina to be able to cover when these two teams wound up playing a few weeks ago. And that would be Vance Jackson. Jackson had over 30 points the first time these two teams wound up playing. Went 8 of 11 from three-point range. Now, 
I don't think that he's going to have north of 30 points to go 8 of 11 from 3 point range, but he's a 6 foot 9 combo player that gives you 11 and a half points, 6 boards. He's shooting 42 and a half percent from 3. You've also been able to get some good production out of Brandon Johnson, who's been able to give you 6 and a half boards per game now. On the flip side for Cincinnati, you don't have a single guy giving you more than 5 and a half rebounds per game now. What I will say about Cincinnati is that some reinforcements have come back for this team. They've been a little bit banged up this year. And despite that, Cincinnati has been a top 50 team when it comes to points allowed on a per possession basis. So defense has been there despite the fact that they haven't generated as many turnovers as you'd expect from a West Miller coach team. But what you do have for this team is Jeremiah Davenport. He's been able to average right around 13 and a half points per game. He's been relatively solid. And what I will say about the Cincinnati team as well is that ever since American Conference play wound up starting up, they've been much better from the three-point arc. This is a team that in conference are shooting about 37.5% from three-point range. In non-conference play, that was closer to about 30% from three-point range. So we've got to give them a lot of credit there. And when it comes to the guys that are now back in the fold for this team, you've got John Newman is able to give you right around 7.5 points per game. And Victor Lekin, Lekin, who has been able to give you right around 5.5 points, 4.5 boards per game. Hopefully I said his name correctly because I'm not sure if I did or not, but... That said, these two guys have been able to do a solid job for the team. You also got Micah Adams-Woods along with Mike Saunders out there in the backcourt. These two guys, they combine to be able to give you about 16-ish points per game. Neither of these guys are going to take the top off of defense and go guns blazing from three-point range, but they both do a good job of being able to help facilitate some offense. They combine to be able to give you seven assists per game, but when it comes to East, Wa East Carolina, I do think that with regards to this bunch, they are going to be able to hang in this game because you've got a lot of guys that have some relatively solid versatility and are able to shoot from three-point range. Someone like a J.J. Miles, who gives you eight and a half points per game. He's been able to shoot from three-point range about 37.5% from distance. Alonzo Frank has been a little bit of a liability for this team recently, but I think that he's going to be able to up his play. They've been able to give you right around seven points per contest, shooting 40% from three-point range. And then Tristan Newton, 17 and a half points per contest. He shoots 35% from three-point range. So all these guys, I think, are going to do a solid job of being able to keep East Carolina in the game. And East Carolina has done a lot of their best work on the road as well. Saying that Houston game that we wound up seeing a little bit earlier in the week as well. Also, that game against Memphis, that was not necessarily great either. But I do think that East Carolina going to be able to get up off the mat. I think that they're going to be able to cover this number. And when it comes to total, I wound up saying my total at a 137. I'm right now waiting on a little bit of a line move because we are seeing a lot of 137s back behind me here at Circa. Seeing a 137 half, so seems like I'm going to be probably taking a little bit more of an under approach on this game. Opened up at 136 half. I'm right now gauging the line movement myself, but right now lining myself up for an under. Hopefully, we could get up to more like a 138-ish to make it a tad bit more comfortable there. With regards to comfortability, if you've been betting on Cleveland State the last few years, it has been relatively solid. They were able to get there on the money line for myself a couple days ago, and we will see if they're going to be able to get there on Sunday. As you've got 831, 832, Cleveland State hitting the road, facing off against the north of Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky is finding themselves a two-point underdog. You're tall on this game. You're going to be getting it anywhere between a 133 and a 133 and a half. And I find it very intriguing with this Cleveland State team because they're not a good free throw shooting team by any stretch of the imagination. This is a team that they shoot from the free throw line about 65.5%. Northern Kentucky has been a little bit better with that aspect, but got a Northern Kentucky team that they've had a little bit of a tough time holding on to the ball with right around 13 turnovers per game. Cleveland State, they've had their issues as well, but Dwayne Hodge in road games is averaging 19.8 points per game. He has been absolutely terrific. And you want to talk about teams that have been lighting your money on fire? That would be Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky has 
been one of the worst cover teams at all of college basketball. They have now covered, I believe it's two out of their last three games to be able to get themselves to now 6-11 and 11 against the spread. They wound up beginning the year 3-11 and 11 against the spread. So it's not been great there. They've been in a little bit of better recent form. And a big reason why Marquise Warwick has been able to lead the team with 14 points per game. Wound up having a very slow start to the year. He is starting to come alive. It's a Norris team that collective they shoot about 32-ish percent from three-point range you do have adrian nelson who's going to be the best pure rebounder in this game but when it comes to the versatility of this cleveland state team you do have a guy that i really like he is tory penn who's been able to get this team 13 points six boards a little bit over four assists per game he chips in their seal per contest the one thing that he really doesn't do is three-point shooting but that's why you've got guys like trey go million who in the backcourt has been able to shoot about 40 percent for distance to be able to help this team out and when it comes to Cleveland State in general, they've got one of the best coaches in all of college basketball. Dennis Gates, within the next five years, he is not just going to be a power coach. He is going to be a good coach at a power program. He has been absolutely tremendous for this Horizon League team in Cleveland State. He took over a program that literally about 24-ish months or so ago, it was just an absolute dump. He pretty much took a bag of gravel and took them to the NCAA tournament last year. I mean, he had absolutely nothing to work with. Wanted to bring in a bunch of random Juco guys, and they've all been able to mesh. He has been absolutely tremendous for this program, so I give him all the credit in the world. You take a look at this Northern Kentucky team, and they just have a little bit of a lack of discipline in general. They haven't been able to close out a lot of close games this season, so it has been a tad bit of an issue there. Now, what I will say for this team, Sam Vincent has been able to come on. He gives this team a little bit over two seals, three and a half assists per game, pumping in there 11 and a half points per game, and when it comes to this Northern Kentucky team, you do have a little bit of depth with this team. Someone like Bryson Langdon has been able to do a good job coming in, giving this team three and a half assists per game. And then you do have Trayvon Faulkner as well, shooting 39% from three-point range. But I mentioned the free-throw shooting woes of Cleveland State. Northern Kentucky, they're 66.7% at the free-throw line either. So you've got a pair of teams that you can't necessarily trust at the free-throw line in this spot. Now, I do think that the total is set a little bit too low. I wanted to say my total at a 137.5, and that's because Cleveland State has really pumped up their tempo. Last season, this was a little bit more of a slow team. Cleveland State this season, they rank in the top 100 with regards to possessions per game, more around 113-ish, but you've also got a Northern Kentucky team that they were really looking to hang in their head on defense about 12 months ago as well. It's not like this team has been playing at super speed or anything like that, but they've seen a little bit of a rise in tempo. They're more around 240th in the country, so I do think that you're going to get some late game fouling. I do think, though, that Cleveland State, they're going to be able to get it done. They're going to be able to close it out on the road. Set them more of a five and a half point favorite. So I'm on a late here with Cleveland State, and I'm going to be taking a look at an over in this spot as well. You've also got some good Missouri Valley Conference action as well. And two of the top teams coming into the season were Loyal, Chicago, and Drake. Drake has fallen off a little bit, but still has been relatively solid. They're going to be the team that is going to be playing us to Loyal, Chicago. And when it comes to the Ramblers, they opened up a three-point favorite. Here at Circa, where I'm doing this broadcast from, you're finding a two out there. A lot of other places, you're finding a two and a half. And your total is between 131 and 132. And when it comes to this game, I want to saying Loyal Chicago is a three-point favorite. So I'm glad that this has gone off the opener because it's relatively what I wanted making this number. Now at two and a half to two, I am very willing to lay with Loyal Chicago. Now the thing with Loyal Chicago is that the team is not necessarily tremendous on the glass. You don't have a single guy that gives you more than five rebounds per game, but it's a case of which the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. With that, they do a good job of not allowing their opponents be able to have second chance opportunities. Then you take a look at the flip side for Drake. And right now, Grant Sturts or Garrett Sturts, who is the 
top rebounder for this team, given the team seven boards per game. He stands at just six foot three. He's a guy that isn't necessarily the biggest guy, but he's sort of the guy in the YMCA that he's like really, really short. He goes up against the tall guy. And he's like, yep, I'll just guard him. That's sort of Garrett's shirt to a T. But when it comes to the facilitation of Drake as well, has not been as good. Roman Penn has been dealing with some injuries. I don't necessarily like the recent form of Drake as well. This is a team that in their last 17 games, they have covered just three. And coming into the season, they were the best cover team in all of college basketball the last three years ever since they wound up having a coaching regime change. We're going to be talking about the total a little bit more on this game on the other side. And on top of that, we're going to be taking a look at other hidden gems on the college basketball betting board that we've got for Sunday. So all that and more is going to be coming up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you miss any part of our show or anything else on the VSN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Check out all of our shows and download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcast. From there, you're able to get Feeding the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi line, Follow the Money by Guys in the Desert. In 15 minutes, Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Peterson, is going to be dropping for this Sunday and many more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or your podcast. That would be Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. list goes on and on. We've got you all covered there as it is a Greg Peterson experience with myself, Greg Oops Peterson. And if there's any games that I don't mind depending on the college basketball betting board that you want to hear on the program tonight, have no fear. Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Oops Peterson. We do have you covered with every single game there. So not only am I giving you guys Everything with regards to like the Big Ten action, things like what we want to talk about a little bit earlier with things like Pittsburgh versus Boston College. But we'll dive into the nitty gritty like Delaware State versus Morgan State, New Orleans versus McNeese State, two top 40 teams with regards to possessions per game. And we're getting a total that is sub 150. That gets me fired up right there. So have no fear. We got you all covered there because I am a college basketball crazy man. And what we're going to be talking about is things that. Well, you don't need to be as crazy to know about these two teams as we were looking at Loyal Chicago versus Drake. Told you before, I am on Loyal Chicago laying between two and two and a half. 
here at Circa where I'm at. We're seeing it two. A lot of other places we're seeing it two and a half. I wound up saying my line at three, but also made this total 135. You don't necessarily have a pair of teams that are necessarily Blazers here. When it comes to Loyal Chicago, it's a team that they're right around 300th with regards to possessions per game, which it's hard to say this, but that's actually a little bit faster than what we've seen from them in past years under Porter Mosier. Meanwhile, Drake, they're more around 270th in the country with regards to possessions per game, but you do have a pair of very efficient offenses. When it comes to points scored on a per possession basis, these are two of the better teams that you're going to find out there in made major college basketball. You've got a loyal Chicago team that they rank in the top 30 with regards to three-point shooting percentage. Drake, they're no slouch themselves. They're shooting a little bit over 36% from distance, so you've been highly impressed by both. Drake has seen a little bit of a fall off from the offensive efficiency that they wound up having last season, but still, 34th in the country is still relatively impressive, and for loyal Chicago, this is as good of an offense as I've seen in quite a while. They're right around 29th in the country in Loyal Chicago. And really, both of these teams have done a good job of being able to travel all season long. You've got to figure that both of these teams are going to be able to get some wide open looks. And I do think that it's going to come down to a little bit of late game falling. Both of these teams relatively solid at the free throw line. Both are north of 71% free throw shooting team. So I don't have a lot of qualms there. I'm going to be taking a look at the over in the spot. Semi-total more on to 135. Seeing a lot of places right around a 131, 131 and a half, depending on where you're shopping. So I like the over in the spot. I'm willing to lay up to three here with Oil Chicago. So two to two and a half, certainly good with regards to what I'm going to be taking a look at. And when it comes to everything that we've got in college basketball on Sunday, just wind up going through a game out there in the Missouri Valley Conference. And oftentimes you wind up seeing a lot of action out there in the Atlantic 10 and no exception for this Sunday. As we go 841, 842, the Minutemen of UMass, they are going to be playing us at George Mason. George Mason opened up a two-point favorite. You're finding them now between a two-and-a-half and a, a three-point favorite with your total on this game and between 148-and-a-half and 149-and. When it comes to this George Mason team, it has been a team that has been rather impressive. They themselves have been throttling down with regards to their tempo, and UMass has been one of the better over teams in all of college basketball. It's a bunch of which they rank right around one or 15th in the country with regards to possessions per game. The one thing that you've got to be taking note of in this game, in my opinion, Noah Fernandez, he is the top scorer from UMass. He wound up missing the team's last game, and it seems like more likely than not, he is probably going to be out of the fold. You do have an outside chance that Noah Fernandez is going to be able to play in this game, but I am preparing as if he is going to be out of the fold. I believe that he's in concussion protocol, and that's something that you could just never bank on. For those of you guys that were looking at Illinois last week with the Kofi Coburn situation, you just never want to rule a guy in automatically when it comes to that, especially when it comes to college level. So you always want to be steering clear of that. I'm going to be taking it as if he's out, but even if he is out, you still have a pair of guys with the last name Kelly, CJ and Rich Kelly, that are both giving this UMass team a combined about 25 points per game. Both of these guys shoot over 40% from three, and UMass has just gotten scorched earth from three-point range this season. They're shooting as a collective 40% from distance. That's in the top 10 in all of college basketball, and UMass has been an incredibly efficient offense this year. You take a look at them, and they've been able to do a nice job all season long of being able to put the ball in the basket. They are a team that has been able to just rely upon being able to get those outside shots. They don't necessarily do a terrific job down low as you've right now got one guy that's giving you more than five and a half rebounds per game. That'd be Trent Butterick. As a result, this is a team that they are going to have their difficulties on the glass. But when it comes to this George Mason team, they are a team that they do turn the ball over right around 12 and a half times per game. Deshaun Schwartz has been a relatively solid three-point shooter. But we've noticed that they've had some issues 
when it comes to being able to play true road games. They were able to get that nice win earlier in the year against Maryland, but after that, things have been a little bit of a fall off there. They're going up against a UMass team that they rank 37th in the country when it comes to points scored on a per possession basis. George Mason, to their credit, they rank right around 70th in this category. So it's not like you get a bunch of inefficient offenses. But with that said, I do think that you're going to be able to have this UMass team play a little bit better on defense as well as you've had a couple guys like a TJ Weeks and a Michael Stedman who winds up coming in from Montana along with San Jose State. Being able to come in, they've been able to do a little bit better job on the glass. So I do think that this is a George Mason team that they're going to be able to do a few more one and dones than I think a few people are expecting. And then when it comes to this UMass team, you've also had just a team in general that has been able to do a nice job of not turning the ball over as well. That has been really key for this team. They're turning the ball over right around 11.8 times per game. So they've been able to do a good job of holding up there when it comes to UMass at the free throw line. They've been able to do a good job there as well. They're shooting right around 74.5%. That ranks in the top 75 in all of college basketball. And you take a look at it among their top four scores. All of them shoot at least 76.5% at the free throw line. So you've got some good marks there. Greg Jones has been able to do a good job of giving you some minutes down low. It's a relatively deep team. Now, when it comes to the other side, Javon Cooper has been able to do a nice job for this George Mason team. A double-figure score. He's able to chip in there a few assists. And then Devontae Gaines has been able to give you eight boards per game. But it's not a George Mason team that is necessarily going to push this UMass team to the brink with regards to their size. And with UMass, it's really been a feast or famine team. We wound up seeing that in their double dip against St. Louis last week. Against St. Louis, they wound up getting drubbed in one game by 30-plus points. In the other game, they were able to get an outright win. This team has been very different home to row because you just take a look at this team and... When they've hit the road, you've had some pretty cataclysmically bad results. Meanwhile at home, I mentioned that win that they were able to get against St. Louis. They also were able to knock off Penn State by 25 points earlier this season. They were able to get a win over Rutgers, a nice quality win by 10 points against Harvard as well. So this is just a completely different UMass team home to road, and I think that that is going to reflect in this game as well. I do think that UMass is going to be able to get the job done on their own floor. I feel like their home court advantage is not necessarily being... Handicap the way that it should be at this point. As a result, I am going to be taking a look at UMass on the money line with them currently being an underdog. I wound up saying this line more around two points. When it comes to total, I mentioned it with UMass, an incredibly efficient offense, but not necessarily the most up-tempo team in all of college basketball. More around 120th in the country, George Mason. They themselves are a team that is in the bottom 85 with regards to possessions per game. Wound up saying the total at a 146. I think that the total should be relatively high. I think that we've went a little bit too far here. With that said, I'm going to be taking a look at an under at right around the 148 slash 149 that we're seeing right now. And going to be taking a look at UMass on the money line. Also, we've got another game that is going to be involving a couple of solid mid-majors that I think are flying under the radar. How about if we go 853-854? Valparaiso in the road face-off against Southern Illinois. The Salukis are a six-point favorite, and your tallest game is anywhere team 121.5 and 122. Now, when it comes to this game, injury information here on Thomas Kithier. He's been dealing with the back injury. Wanda missing the team's last game, and I'm counting on him being out in this game. If he winds up playing for Valparaiso, that's terrific. I'll be willing to adjust them up about a point or so from my handicap because I did wind up setting them as a four and a half point underdog. If Kithier would be in, I'd be setting them more around a three and a half. But what I think is going to be big for Valparaiso is he transfers from the great state of Wisconsin. That'd be Trevor Anderson along with Kobe King. King has been able to do a nice job of being able to give this team 14 and a half points per game. Wound up missing the first eight or so games of the season, but has been able to do a nice job since being able to become eligible, a guy that's shooting nearly 40% from three-point range. Valparaiso is a team. They shoot about 35% from distance. And for Southern Illinois, they've got Marcus Stomask, a gentleman from, ironically enough, Wapond, Wisconsin. 
doing it all for the team. He leads the team in points, rebounds, and assists. The only guy on the Southern Illinois team that is giving you more than four and a half rebounds per game. Lance Jones has been solid with the 13 and a half points per game, but he's also a guy that from three-point range has not necessarily been able to light it up. He is a guy that's shooting sub-30% from three-point range. Valparaiso has been a little bit of an intermittent team that you sometimes do get a little bit loose with the ball. But both of these teams, they aren't necessarily fast. I think that we went a little bit too low with this total. Both of these teams are relatively solid at the free throw line, both shooting above 72% at the charity stripe. So I do think that you're going to have both of these teams being able to make some shots late. I do think that having Ben Cricky being able to give this Valparaiso team right around 14 points per game is going to allow them to be able to hang in this game. So I'm going to be taking a look at the over in the spot. And with Valparaiso being a six-point underdog, taking a look at the points. Coming up next, it is officially going to be an NFL Sunday for all of us out here on the Continental 48 States. So we're going to be taking a look at the NFC and AFC Championship games right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.